gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm go ahead and throw this topic out because um, I know it's gonna spark a lot of conversation because Doctor Levin, you alluded to it, uh, but DJ, you also dropped a, dropped a little hint to it as the, the defining your intention versus sharing, because you know right. we did we did talk about it in a previous episode about how people um, are kind of afraid to you know network, and I think it's it's also it's also you know powerful to you know to define the differences between networking and just simply sharing because you can oh, go absolutely. into a room you know you we can talk about it too we you can go into a room with your homeboys and just you know money talk future talk saying oh i want to do this this and this and you know although they may be your homeboys nobody has an encouraging word they don't you know they're the they could be you know just dull to the idea where they just like oh, okay that's what's up but you can also go into a room where there are people that can connect certain dots for you and, you know, you're afraid to share it in that space. But that's the space you should share it in versus right. all you, and you know, on the other flip side is you can go share it in a space with people that you're comfortable with. Like Dr. Levin alluded to, you got, you share it with your family and your very close friends and they talk it down because they can't fathom certain ideas. And we we talked about this before, where, you know, you say things to certain people and because that's not their background, their upbringing, their culture, things, uh, you know, other variables and effects, they can't fathom it. So they, you know, they talk it down because they're like, oh, no, you can't never do that. There's also a man, like my daddy told me, and we're being real with it because it's the after show. My daddy said, I think it was uh, W.C. Fields said there's a sucker born every day. <laughs> and he fought, and he would follow it up and say, somebody decided to sell cow shit in a bag and call it manure fertilizer. <laughs> now you right. like, and you, you know, and 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 it, that in itself, I know for a fact that that man, whoever did it, had to have told somebody like, man, I'm gonna start bagging up this shit and selling it because the grass is growing amazing. And they oh, was like, man. dude, you crazy? You finna say you think people are gonna buy cow shit? Oh. But. And we all know you go to your local Home Depot, Ace Hardware, True Value, do it best anyway, get a bag of cow manure. A fertilizer. <laughs> right. That's true. But somebody had to shoot that idea down. Whoever started well, Uber, I'm, I'm pretty sure if they if they shared the idea, right. like, you know, I'm going to let people ride other people around in their cars through a app in their phone. What? It's like, oh, man, you crazy. What? Well, it, it, so it goes the, into the, the, this, the debit uh, card. <laughs> oh, let people man, swipe plastic. Yeah, <laughs> right. But it goes into this whole concept. Like, if you uh, for for those of you, I'll step outside of AJ's father for a moment. If you, if anyone has ever seen a Bronx Tale, so you know Sonny and C, he said, you know, the working man's a sucker, and you know, uh, C's father said, no, the working man is not a sucker. You know, you want to be a working man. You want to get up every day. You want to earn a living. There's a lot embedded in that conversation. And on the surface, it sounds like a major insult. But what this gentleman is talking about is concepts. He's talking about concepts of money. He's talking about concepts of understanding that surpass what you would get if you just wake up every day, go to work, listen to what's being told to you, and go home. What he is saying is, if you understand how much you're being paid, have you ever stopped to ask the question, how much could you be paid? 
most people wouldn't do that because what we've been told is put your head down, you got a good job, you need to be quiet, keep that good job. In this story, even during those times, what was being taught to this young man was, hey, I may not earn the same type of living that your father earns, but my level of understanding about earning a living surpasses that in which he has. And I think sometimes we need to understand that there's information that we can benefit from, from sources that we don't necessarily uh, want to tap into. But it doesn't mean that they're not beneficial. So case in point being, you know, this gentleman was opening the eyes of ownership, like, hey, you can own things and you can earn in excess of X, Y, Z. That was never going to be the case growing up in this house. So what you're saying, author, around the, uh, in, in terms of, hey, you know, if you grew up in the South and, you know, you were doing well and you wanted to, you know, uh, get some additional income, basically you're saying you can sell shit. I want you to understand what you said. We can sell some shit. Well, but across do you the country. believe in yourself? Correct. I mean, and that is literally what is happening. We can sell some shit, but with just a little bit more foresight, when you term that, when you change those terms and you say, well, we now have manure, that opens a different environment for you to say that now we are cross-functional or we're able to gentrify our product, so to speak. And now we can do some different things with it because I'm not marketing quote unquote shit. I'm marketing manure, which is able to stabilize, fertilize, and attribute to a growth process, which, you know, in the South, most folks need. So that's a completely different thought process than someone would have just quote unquote hustling. That's what we have to get to. You have to have a business model as opposed to a hustle, right? So, you know, I, I have a, a, a lot of friends, you being one of them, but see, you have business models. Anytime I've been approached by a friend of mine that says, hey, I got a side hustle, you're wasting your time. Do you have a business or not? I don't want to hear about a side hustle, either where we have a business or not. And the reason why I say that is because you have to formally commit. You know, if you're not going to formally commit, then you're going to allow yourself to give up on it. And that's the accountability that we lack. Formalize your business. If you got a side hustle, it needs to become your business. I don't want to hear about your side hustles in 2019. Oh, man, you know, I, I make a little bit from my side hustle. I need to know what you make from your business. Because at the end of the year in 2019, going into 2020, you know what you get? It's called a tax write-off. I don't need you with a side hustle. I need you with a legitimate business. And the reason being is because it allows you to enact and empower yourself in ways that you've never been empowered before. 
it may change your mindset or allow you to reach out to one of your other brothers or sisters and tell them, hey, look, you got to start a business. That idea you have, all that money that you're spending, all that marketing and promotion that you're doing, you could be writing that off. And a lot of folks are missing an opportunity for years, two or three years on end, because it takes time to start a business. It takes time to get legitimized. The entire process is um, you put yourself in a position of being able to write it off. And by doing so, you put yourself in a better financial situation to move forward. But a lot of people don't understand that. And a lot of people don't take advantage of that. So, you know, I want our listeners to do that. And I want them to, you know, seek the advice of a tax consultant or what have you. Because it's it's important that you understand what's in front of you. Because if you don't, you know, you're not really operating a business. You're just out here. You're talking a lot. You're uh, you're advertising yourself a lot, but you're not engaging in business building activities. Business building activities is understanding and minding the business that pays you. Okay, so stay out of other folks' business for a while. Let's focus on ourselves. Let's 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 move in silence a little bit and mind the business that pays us. Which means get yourself together in terms of your incorporation your LLC, your S-Corp, whatever. But get yourself structured in such a way that you can engage in business building activities. And I think that's important. You know, we need to mind the business that pays us, man. Mind your own damn business. And, yeah. you know, if, if that literally that can be the intentional step number one to help you move <laughs> in a very positive direction is to mind your own damn business. If it ain't paying you I know we've all heard it, and this is the after show, so we can definitely say it. What other people eat don't make me shit. And let me say this. I, I want to do this. Um, I want to shout her out. Um, Marquita Leonard from um, from Bright Beginnings Credit Repair. Oh, she is. That oh, is, man. That is one of the things that she says faithfully. Mind the business that pays you. And she and is I doing never. She is. She is intentionally doing amazing things. Like we definitely yeah, have is. to have her own because she. Oh yeah, we got we got to get her on. We, she's we gotta she get opening on. she opening offices across America, literally. Miami. She's out in L.A. looking right now. Um, that sister is doing great things. I try to refer as many people to her as I can. But one of the things that I really respect about her, we talked about this earlier. She's intentional. Yeah. Very. If you are not serious about the business that pays you in terms of, hey, let me fix my credit, she will fire you as a client. Mm-hmm. And you know what? <clears throat> I, I admire that about her because she doesn't waste her time. She un- time, she understands the value. She understands that t- the time value of money. Her time is valuable because it produces money. And she also she also does this. A lot of people hold on to clients. When her clients are at a place where they're sustainable and self-sufficient, she releases them from her program. She doesn't ask them to continue to pay her. She releases them. And she tells them, hey, you know, there's no need for you to continue to uh, hang out with me in this program and pay me a fee. That's integrity. And that's also intentional because that's called referrals. 
because the way you treated me, I'm going to tell you or tell someone else about you. So, you know, shout out to Marquita Leonard, uh, Bright Beginnings uh, Credit Repair. For those of you who are looking to uh, repair your credit, please reach out to her. You can find her on Instagram at Bright Beginnings Credit Repair. That promotion was not paid for. It's strictly pub for someone who's doing the right thing by people trying to positively impact their community. So shout out to Marquita. Like they say, off the scrimp. But Dr. Lovin, um, off the scrimp, <laughs> off the scrimp. But uh, Dr. Lovin, as I pour another sh uh, uh -huh. small glass of this Woodford. You might make it through that bottle yet. Right. Hey, hey, the way, the way it's looking, I may have to make a run at some point this week before we record again. But um, or Amazon Prime will deliver it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> For real? Oh yeah, I do live. Yeah, yeah. New York does allow that. No, I, yeah. I prefer the I prefer the the personal the interaction personal at at my local Total Wine because they do have free taste. Oh, you want to go see Champ? <laughs> you want to go see not, Champ? <laughs> no, no, no. I go to a high class <laughs> liquor store. <laughs> I'm not oh, going to the. I'm not going Chef to the, is there. I don't care where you go. Hey, look, no, the the, the grocery the gross well, is it's almost like grocery store. The total wine that I frequent <laughs> uh, is quite high high dollar. It is in a shopping center. <laughs> they have you know sommeliers on staff. Oh, so, mm. yeah. They have tastings of the sort, <laughs> classes and things of that nature. So that's where I frequent. Uh, and that was not paid for. That was just off the script. <laughs> Off the script. But I do know where the local spot is when I, you know, when I need to find what I need to find on the quick. What's, the local well, spot. I just want to know. I want to sway this thing around AJ to Doctor Levin because I want to no, know, know if he saw I'm, Champ I'm today. Yeah. I just want to know if he. I just want to know if he saw Champ. Hey Which, man. I don't. I don't know that I saw Champ today. Man. Nah, That's man, it. you need to lie to me like you saw him, man. Because <laughs> hey, man, let me tell you, he man. saw he saw Champ's replacement, the backup Champ, Vice Champ. <laughs> let, let me tell you, Coach I, Champ. I, you know, I I am a martial artist, and I am. I, hey, I pride myself on being able to recognize a Champ. You know what I mean? Just. <laughs> It, that's a large part of, of self-preservation is just knowing where they are. And so I will let you know when I see them. I have not seen one today, but I have seen a couple this week, you know. In oh, various oh. places, yeah, a couple oh, of he, he said, he said, he, that you just he said know. I might not have saw this today, but I've, yeah. I've seen them this week. Oh, yeah, where well, you just, you see a person and he just buying graham crackers or something like that. Like, honey, you know. <laughs> Look at his look at his knuckles. You, you you ever just see somebody and look at their hands like look at this man knuckles and the area around his eyebrows. He is both hey, taking look, punishment look, look. and dish punishment out. So you gotta you know pay attention. Yeah, I, I in terms of natural selection, man, the the animals that don't pay attention, the, you know you got. <laughs> You got small eyes with very little peripheral vision. Those are the animals that end up getting taken out because they ain't looking around. They don't see what's going on around them. I just want to remind people that it's Dr. Loving has a PhD in financial planning, but right now he is giving a hard lesson in Darwinism and survival of the fittest. Hey, man, these are important gems to walk away with, man. <laughs> there are animals out there that are like 75% eyeball and very little else. Why? Because they watch and see what the hell is going on. They get the hell out the way. Hey. 
you got a lot of people who could otherwise be alive, but they stay right where they're not supposed to be because they ain't paying attention. That you know you you bringing up this point that I was about to throw to you, and I, I want you to I'm, I want okay. you to allow me to throw you this alley oop because what we had you? talked about. You a DJ? Go ahead and jump. You a DJ <laughs> had, uh, had mentioned in the show about how opportunity favors the prepared, and you know you you know if you are not, if that's the balance of minding your own damn business, but also being aware of what's going on, because if you if you. If you're not aware of the opportunity about to approach you, you may be caught off guard and not be prepared. So you know you brought up that you you bring up that point where it's like you got to you got to know what's going on around you. You got to be 75 percent eyeball out here in these streets. You got yeah. to peep. You got to peep like they say. You got to peep game, yeah. and you got to see it from afar and as far back as you can. Hawk out with it. But yeah, go ahead. Man. Now, uh, so I was looking at this this Audrey Lord quote. And it's uh, if you don't define yourself for yourself, then you will be crushed into others' fantasies of you and eaten alive. And I know you're laughing because you remember where that quote came from. It's after the, it's what Merch says to the stripper in in the best <laughs> man. <laughs> That's right. That's a pure black. It's a pure black reference. Cultural reference. Run it back. Go yeah. ahead. For, for non-black <laughs> listeners, run it back, run no, it back. No, full thing, no. full explanation. The best, the best man is a movie featuring Tay Diggs. T- look that up in your Morris Chestnut, Morris Chestnut, Howard. Go ahead. Yeah, there you go. It's All the black heavy hitters besides yeah. this deal. First or second, please be clear. Yes, this would be the first one, and, and he uh, he he makes this proclamation to the stripper, and I think his man is you know it's a real important thing. <laughs> What you saying, man? This is the after show. I do say I can say what I won't say, so that's what say I'm it. doing. That's right. Okay, so my point is I'm gonna that... talk about belly after this, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the only we only got up to go. We only got, we just gonna keep we going. Go up from here. Yeah, Duly okay. noted, we will intentionally increase cultural references from here on out. No, <laughs> no, I was joking. Just finish <laughs> this one. The the fact is like. Everybody has their, you know, not everybody, but there are people out there with their plans. And if you don't have yours, then you end up just being mixed up yeah. in somebody else's plan. And I think a lot of folks, whether <laughs> listen, a lot will, that will, will uh, you know, turn you on nah. to a show like this is because you feel that way. You're like, man, I'm going to work every day and I see other people getting promoted. I see other people mm-hmm. getting um getting opportunities. I see other people starting their own businesses and I feel like there's a part of me that if I'm not careful, it's going to turn into a hater. And and I understand that, right? And you're like, because I see, I see myself being, um, being faithful to doing the, the, the regular things and not being rewarded for it. And so when we t- we're talking about these big goals and we're talking about conceptualizing things for yourself and making a way for yourself, that's to break you out of right. your own sort of conceptions about where your life is going to be and especially make you start to define things for yourself so you can say, this is where, in my own mind, this is where I want to be. Man, you could be at Red Lobster and your whole job is taking the live lobster out the tank and giving it to the dude to murder in the bowl of uh, boiling water, and that could be all you do. But that right. don't have to be all you want. 
right? That can be all you do till you start to use that money from Red Lobster and you're putting $50 a month into a mutual fund and saving. Next thing you know, you start your own little uh, company off on the side where you selling your own lobsters. Talk that future. That's where being intentional. Yeah, that's where I'll stop. That's why I stop you, though, because, see, that's the problem that we have, right? In terms of being intentional, that's the difference between beginning with the end in mind and just having some type of intentionality. Like, hey, I want, I want this to happen. That's a struggle of the shoulders. Flip it, flip it, you, flip it, when, flip it, flip it, flip it. You right. Say so when you, when you truly begin, intentionally and intentionality. Yeah. When you truly begin with the end in mind, when you, when you are living intentionally, being deliberate, you have a, you have a plan. You exactly. You're being deliberate. So. Getting getting to the point where you can boil the lobster, that's table stakes. Now you're trying to figure out how you own the building that that is occurring in. So that is the difference. That is the core difference, right? You know, it is it is properly setting the goal, right? So it's, it's not enough. I talked about the Olympic team earlier. And I, I'll be more concrete about what the uh, what the gentleman told me. He said, senior leader, he he, he was a, a, a Olympian. He said, Destrian, here was the deal, man. He said, you know, I'm an Olympian, and I said I made the Olympic team, so my, my new goal, the following year, I wanted to make the Olympic team. So I made it. He said, once I made the Olympic team, I was excited, I was happy. But then I had to train for the Olympics. So guess what I did? I set the wrong goal. Once I made the team, I stopped short of having anything to work for. So now he's made the team and he has to go compete. But he's going to compete against people who have said from the very beginning, I'm getting my goal is to win the Olympics. I'm getting the goal. Wrong goal. Follow through. We sell ourselves short. We sell ourselves short. Because we don't begin with the end in mind. The end is that, not making the damn team. No, you you don't want to be on the damn team. Are you going to own the team? Are you are, what what else are you going to do besides just being a participant in the team? That's where we set our sights short. Because what he told me was, you know, Wells. I came back a few years later. A few years, been you know, the Olympics only happened. Every so many years. Yeah. Yeah, So he came back and he said, I had to set a new goal and it hurt for a long time. He said, but imagine being pissed off, understanding and realizing that the only reason why you didn't accomplish what somebody else accomplished was because you set the wrong goal. Not because they were more talented, not because they wanted it more, but because you got basically fat and happy well before they did. So being intentional and deliberate requires you to take a look at the landscape and then set the proper goal because that 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 is important, man. I want to do a lot of cussing right there, but I didn't. It is important. That's all. That's all well and good because what you what you just really laid out because you elaborated on the story from the show is intention intentionally is was beginning <laughs> with the end in mind where the gentleman said. I want to make the team. That was the end. Mm-hmm. And that goal was attainable. He attained the goal. But what didn't happen was 
you know, a full a full evaluation of goal planning where it's like Correct. That now wasn't that was that wasn't the end all be all because now you've made this team. Is that all you want to do? Right. You gotta what evaluate that. You gotta evaluate that. Like, okay, I've made this team now. What am I gonna do? And you can't wait until you accomplish that goal. Correct. To, you know, to finish the plan out. Correct. And don't but think see, that your goals are too lofty. You know what I'm saying? I just want. Exactly. I, I definitely want to make that point. Don't think that your goal, like, don't set the goal as only. I want to make the team because you can go tell somebody like I want to win a championship and they might look at you crazy, but then you tell somebody I want to make the team and it's more palatable to them. But for you now, you sold hey. yourself short. Right. And I, I mean, I'll, I'll say this to you. I mean, it doesn't even have to be the championship. That's only one aspect of it from an athletic standpoint. It could be, I want to become a, um, a civil engineer. I want to become a nuclear engineer. I want to earn X amount of dollars. I want to, uh, you know, be a mathematician. Whatever it is you want to do, when you set these goals, you 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 cannot. And I, I, I used to say I hate to say this, but I don't. I love to say what I'm about to say. You cannot allow people around you to determine what your goals look like, period. You just can't. And the reason why you can't allow that to be is because there have been so many people in their ear telling them what they can't do. You can't allow that same thing to be your affliction. That's a disease that people suffer from, man. They suffer from the, uh, somebody told me I can't do that. Do you know how many dreams and aspirations are buried simply because somebody else said you can't do that? We talked about that cannot be the thing that kills your dream. We talked about them dreams deferred. Yeah, man. Like you want to be that raisin. That can't, that can't, that can't be you. The reason why is because every generation feeds the next. And when someone is talking to you, when you have gone after your dream and your aspirations wholeheartedly, and that might mean that you're successful in a number of ways, but maybe there's a little bit that you left on the table in a certain place. The advice that you can provide someone because you have had the experience, just imagine what that would have, what, what these things would do for people right now. Someone with an experience that they could talk to that could come in and exchange information with them that would be invaluable to them, but they don't have that. You know why? Because somebody else told that person they can't do it, so they're not doing it. They're just waking up every day doing what somebody else said they should do. You cannot allow that to be you. Your life <clears throat> your life is filled up between the the day you're born, that dash, and ultimately the day that it expires. You need to fill that up with all the things that you personally want to fill it up with, not what other folks want. Man, fill that thing up, man. Let people tell you, hey, man, that's crazy you want to go do that. But you know what? If something should happen to you, you've done the things that you wanted to do, the things that you've set out to do. So many people live unfruitful lives because they get discouraged about the things that other people say 
And these are the same people who were huge dreamers and 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 visionaries in the decades before. But I'm going to tell you right now, man, that the, the naysayers, the naysayers have it all. They kill more dreams than you'll ever imagine. Nah, you can't do that. Nah, you shouldn't do that. Man, to hell with that. If somebody's not telling you, hey, look, I don't know what you're waiting on to do that, get them to hell from around you. I want people around me that do exactly what y'all do. Well, you're not going to do it? You haven't done it yet? See, that's the type of person you want around you because they're going to push you to your limits. They're going to push your envelope. And I know we've talked about this before, but I'll say it again. If you are in a relationship, a situationship, whatever y'all want to call it, marriage, whatever, if the person you're with doesn't call your bluff on your time, talent, and efforts, you're in the wrong situation. They should be pushing your limits. And if they're not, God bless you. And in the South, when we say God bless you, that's not good. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, like Doc said the other day, he said, like, when people say bless your heart. <laughs> yeah. I want, I want everybody to look up uh, Equipment by Edgar Albert Guest. And I learned that only because it was one of George Washington Carver's favorite poems. And if you don't know who that man is, he was <laughs> a great thinker and scientist of a, of another time era that uh, worked at the illustrious Tuskegee University. But look up that poem because it, it basically, it, it you know, for me it's it's a lot of personal uh, reflection and reminding of, you know, just how possible things are, especially when the power of intention. The poem basically paraphrased tells you, you know, look at the greatest men, and they do. They do they do things similar and we have the same thing. We got two arms, two legs, two hands, two eyes, and a brain to use if you will be wise. And you know, you, you, you constantly have to remind yourself that kind of thing just to to put things in perspective, just to be real with yourself. Like you can do you can do this, but if you're around the wrong kind of people, they will literally shut your shit down for you. Because you gonna doubt yourself. Yep. You gonna doubt yourself. We human. You gonna do that on your own. So why the hell would you need other people in do, uh, as an outside influence? Because you already probably thinking in your mind like I really, I really shouldn't, I really can't, I'm not ready, and whatever. So then you just need outside voices to to echo that for you? Hell no. You need somebody. You need people around you that's gonna echo the small voice inside you that's telling you that you can. Because we all can be honest and know that a lot of times that voice that says you can't is a lot louder than the one that says you can. Yeah. That's so true, you can man. be you can be definitely real with yourself about you know when we talk about these power circles and strategic partnerships, we like we we live and breathe it for real because we know we we've we've all been in a place where we've had people that were not beneficial. So you got to no, be that's... real with yourself and define and say like, look, all right, you out it, you like you gone. Some some people you can keep at a distance. It's a, it's a wonderful feature on Facebook, and I don't think a lot of people know. You can unfollow people now, but not unfriend them. So if you really, if you really, you know, connected with people, say it's family that you don't really want to set these very hard, you know, boundaries where it's like I don't want to ever talk to you again. Just 
You can go and uh, you can go on your friends' list and you can unfollow. Now, what they yeah. post doesn't always pop pop up in your news feed because you know the yeah, people. Yeah, I'm a little bit. You, I'm a little bit different. I I'm a. You probably go hard person. in and just block them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, uh, I actually yeah, I sent a message prior to hey just so you know. I'm gonna go ahead and let you go. Like I, I just go ahead and do that. They down here formally firing people, and you know right. that's 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 fine too. Hey, but man. you know, and I mean, you some know, people we just with that foolishness, man. Yeah, and we, but we gotta we gotta let people know it's okay to set these different levels of boundaries with people. Some people you got to go in and completely fire them and write. Listen, them man, some if you were probation, if you are living a life of intentionality, if you're trying to be intentional. You know that certain people are not going to be conducive to that. Oh, no, it, whoa, whoa, it, whoa, whoa, whoa. that's the point that I wanted to, to, to throw to Dr. Love and I forgot about it. I got oh, to do please it now. Give it to I got him. to give do it, it now. Because uh, we, we, we talked about how opportunity favors are prepared. This is what we were talking that's about. It. It, it just popped to me. Thank you, DJ. I don't know what you say to trigger this thought, but it's coming. Mm-hmm. We talked about how opportunity favors are prepared. And you, you alluded to the fact that there are people perpetrating a certain image out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we can be honest to say that there are people that perpetrate an image intentionally, and in their minds, that's <laughs> enough. That's enough to manifest right. what they got going on. Like if I just keep taking pictures of myself, you know, right. in these in these places in these spaces, even though I'm not actually being invited into these spaces, then I'll end up here. Right. But then you know, let's you're in that space, and the opportunity arises to say. Hey, let's invite you into this actual room now. You've been in the lobby perpetrating, posting pictures. Now let's invite you into this room, into this circle. And like DJ put it, you know, people aren't prepared. You get in there, you're not eloquent. You don't know how to speak in that room. But you can talk to an Instagram talk. You can come up with a fire ass mm-hmm. caption. You throw a, you throw you throw the hottest song lyric as your caption and then put a bunch of, you know, quote unquote deep thought right behind it and say follow, like, share, subscribe, and that whatnot. But when the real opportunities come, are you prepared? Like you want to be on Instagram and you, you, you know, you want to do skits and you want to be funny, but now the opportunity comes and somebody says, I need you to do stand-up for 20 minutes. Can you do that? Are you prepared for that? You've taken all these pictures in conference rooms wearing nice suits and stuff, and now somebody <laughs> looks at you and says, now step into my conference room and give a presentation. Are you well-equipped to give a 30-minute presentation to a room full of executives yeah. and middle management? Right. Yeah, man. It's a, it's a sobering thing for people, man. <laughs> what is it, AJ? That, what is it? You say it's sobering? It's a sobering thing because what happens yeah. is you have uh, they been who, who, but who but but who been drinking the Kool Aid is the question. It, it's sobering for everybody. It's everybody involved, especially the person because, that refer, especially the person that the the person that uh, referred your ass. Like exactly. that's that is, that's, it, that's that's where it really hits home at. It, when I say it's sobering for everybody, I mean everybody comes back to reality. That's that follow through with Brandon. That's right. You come, you become uh, familiar with the fact that you have not actually cultivated the skills that mm-hmm. you seem to be selling and putting out there about yourself. And so, so now you're saying you that, can, that imposter syndrome is starting to set in? No, because see, imposter syndrome implies you have the skills, but you feel unqualified for some reason, ah. like I'm black or I'm a woman. So no, it's not the imposter syndrome. It's the uh the fact that you is <laughs> the an <black> imposter. <laughs> it's the fright. 
it's the fronting syndrome. It ain't no, it ain't no syndrome at all. It it's is just fronting. Your ass was out there lying, talking about you could do such a thing, and now they're like, well, <laughs> now, like you said, you said you could, you said you could speak Spanish, and so now oh. they're asking you to uh, speak Spanish. Spanish. As you said, and, and, and write the P and L in Spanish. Don't they is la <laughs> You all on Google Translate? <laughs> you all on Google Translate? Oh man! Oh, so you're not fluent? You beginner? Right. Right. Okay, now, you was fronting. Now you've embarrassed yourself, and it's not that. <laughs> hey man, it's not that learning Spanish was an impossible thing to do. It's the fact that you have said that you know something you don't know. It's very possible for you to learn Spanish, especially in this day and age when they got Babel and they got um, Rosetta Stone, where you can look at again on your phone (laughs) and learn as you go and and, and live your life. Yes, man, it's extraordinarily possible, right? It's also possible for you to write it down on your resume once you've acquired that skill. Yes, it's equally possible to write it down having not acquired that skill and just assume a name that ain't going to have to do that, right? So, uh, you know, it's important for you, you know, for all of the things that you need to do. If your dream job somehow involves speaking Spanish, then you are not going, you need to be within your set of goals needs to be the acquisition of Spanish uh, speaking skill over time. Right. You can't just, you know, that that needs to be a part of the of your overall process, right? That is a realistic assumption. And the great mm-hmm. thing about it is, hey, it's a, it, it's something that you can you can see exactly how much it costs to do, how much time you're gonna have to spend doing it to learn how to do it, and and over time you can start to see how you progress towards that goal. But there's a lot of people who who gonna who are gonna front and say that they know something they don't know. Uh, you can't worry about those people. You have so, to do things that you are you, you need to do in order to get success. That's why that's why you know I took the liberty of saying that we would give a gift uh, for somebody <laughs> who actually you know who tells the truth. You gotta make <laughs> and put stuff out there and actually start it towards it because you need to make things tangible for people and we need to make things tangible for people. We need more listeners. We need people to to recognize. Um, that we are really trying, you know, laying down some stuff that could be helpful here. So we need folks to evangelize a little bit. So, man, they need to be able no, to say, I got this from this spot, and this is a podcast you need to listen to. Ooh, and look at the intention so just falling out from the way that I think about it. Um, you have to, you, you got to make it real for people in certain ways, you know? Y'all got to, no, we got to, we got to make sure people ain't just out here living just enough for the city. Right. <laughs> right. Now, the cultural reference for those of you who don't know is a song by the great Stevie Wonder. <laughs> oh my Go God. ahead, DJ. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh my hey, God. Hey, listen, 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 listen. At this point, we've all been sipping for. Uh... <laughs> no, I'm I'm good, man. Like I'm good. I I have to make sure that I'm in uh in in good form <laughs> in the event. That you and the good doctor go astride. A <laughs> but listen, um, that is that is the beauty and the power of accountability and having a power. Exactly. Where it's like is my job. That is my everybody, job. Here. Everybody, holds everybody. It is never. Everybody that knows me knows it's never been my job to be 
the one to be accountable for the beverages, but in this situation it is. But when you talk about that, man, that goes back to uh so Jay said, Jay Z said, Ain't no love in the heart of the city. But when you listen to what he said, he's talking about the fact that it's the very people around you. Like if you really listen to it, it's the very people around you that are not gonna allow you to put down roots where you are. Mm and grow. So where do you put down those roots? So when you're dealing with a situation where, you know, maybe there's cross-pollination, maybe you need to put your roots in your friend's backyard and your friend needs to put his or her roots in your backyard because when you can have that cross-pollination, that gives you an opportunity to grow because, you know, you listen to the comments from Dr. Loving and it's, it's not that he's painting a bleak picture. He's actually giving you, he's giving you the real. He's probably being a little bit more pleasant about what's actually going on in these communities than what's not. And so when you can, when you can come in and you can effectively bring an idea to idea to fruition, you, you, you have to do that. And you have to do that by tapping into the resources that are not being touched by the, um, I guess we would call them the, the, um, the cancers of the community, so to speak. So right now for many communities, that's the, that's the women if you are African-American person, Hispanic, person of color, what have you, I would implore you, lean into the women in your community with your best and brightest ideas because they are well-equipped and set up to have the types of resources from a corporate standpoint, from a socioeconomic standpoint, from a political standpoint, however you want to cut the cloth, this is your best opportunity to lean in. If you don't do this, you are explicitly showing bias and you're saying that you don't support women in the workplace and their advancement and their development. I think what you're saying is very key to, you know, just kind of right and echo is the to never ever underestimate the power of women and women don't underestimate the power that you have because it's oh, it's, yeah. it's key yeah. and as as, as <clears throat> the as, the quicker that you know both people both parties can understand accept and acknowledge that fact because it is a fact you know a lot of things can transpire in the positive direction and that's on a Absolutely. personal level and on a professional level is because, you know, I mean, it, 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 and, you know, from, from a very personal level all the way to a professional level, it's, it's, it's apparent, it's obvious as to why yeah. it's that way. And like, like you said, if you want to turn your back to that fact, then you are you're making, very a, huge obvious. You're, you're making a huge mistake and you're very obviously being biased yeah it's blatant it's it's blatant because at this point 
women are making 80, 81 cents on the dollar to what men make, right? And I think we all have a woman in our life or know a woman that is equally as talented as any man doing any job. <clears throat> and look, I'm not here for shits and giggles and I don't, I don't need new friends. I really don't care about new friends. But what I do care about is appropriation and the proper person being hired for the proper role, right? So I care about that immensely. And I think that we need to get to a place as men, all men, where we're saying that women should be hired at an equal rate because whether we understand or know it or not, we're still in an underemployment environment. Like I don't know what I don't know what most people look out there and look at. The employment numbers are not horrible, but we're still in an underemployment environment. Like, but you bring up but you bring up a point that I don't think people really look at because when you when we talk about employment and things of that nature, everybody kind of I think looks at it from this very broad perspective, like oh you got a job cool but then if you really look at it from a space or in a perspective of do you have the job that you want exactly and then you can look at it from that point of view and then you like damn it's a majority of everybody is unemployed because they ain't working the job that they want or that they're qualified no. for or you <laughs> no. know you know no. are you, from any no. from any other level other than just right. are you employed if you employed then cool so then, no, we ain't talking. If you ain't, we ain't talking to you. If you if you complacent yeah, and you man. you you cool with just having a job, cool. But are you working that a job that you want? Are you working a job that you qualified for? If not, then you unemployed. So keep looking. Right. right. But see, that requires relationships, and a lot of people don't have those. Those relationships tell you where people are relative to their process and rel and where they are relative to where they want to be. Right. So when I have a personal relationship with an author or with a Dr. Loving and I say, hey, listen, man, I, I know you're you're working at X, Y, Z place and it's holding you over. But um, I got a lead on X, Y, Z. Man, you're taking that interview a hundred times out of a hundred because you know where you are. You're underemployed. Most people, most people are underemployed. Like you can say, say whatever you want. Most people are underemployed, especially in major cities. They take the job that they can get because it's better than not having the income at all. It's a smart thing to do. But if you look at their skill set or what have you, these people are dumbing themselves down from a resume perspective to fit certain criteria and roles. And we talk about being intentional. Man, it's never more important or true than when you just need an income. Like, you cater yourself to the situation because ends have to meet. And if there's one thing that black and brown people, you know what? I won't even stop it there. It, all people in a certain socioeconomic demographic understand what to do. You can make those ends meet because you know what it takes to get what you need. I don't know why we don't I don't know why we don't magnify that on a higher scale, which is what we were talking about earlier. If you can make the ends meet and you're willing to do that for a minimum level of income, why are you not willing 
to 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 um I would say participate in the um in the game or in the process of getting more for your family. That that question eludes me and I do not have the answer to that because undoubtedly the same folks that grab these jobs understand that greater opportunity exists. Somehow we or them convince themselves that they're not worthy or qualified to obtain them. It's a huge opportunity cost in the communities that are leaving those opportunities on the table. Huge. Most definitely. And um, Dr. Levin, I wanted to throw it to you because I know we, the hour is getting late and uh, we all have our responsibilities. So we're going to start wrapping it up, but we, we, we covered a lot of, a lot of, a lot of grounds that we definitely going to have to revisit. And it's going to be an underlying topic because definitely, oh, you know, yeah. it's, it's a, you know, especially with intention because intention, like, like we alluded to, it can go across a bunch of different terrains, if you will, you know, it, you, you got to be intentional with the way you handle this stuff, just like rock climbing. You got to know which rock you finna grab and which rock you finna let go or else you finna fall to your death. But that may be too extreme for some, but, um, Dr. Levin, I wanted to throw it to you. Yeah, man, I, I agree with you completely. And I don't, I don't think that characterizing it as life and life or death is, I don't think that's extreme at all. I think it's an accurate depiction um, of what it is that we go through, depending on who we choose to allow in our lives and who we uh, try to try to distance ourselves from and how we try to do that. I mean, when I think about this, uh, you know, I don't want to go into a whole other thing, but this Nipsey Hussle situation, man, where this this uh, young uh, young man was, by all accounts, trying to make very positive moves in his community and really, you know, trying to um, make the world a better place in all the ways that he could do so based on what he thought was right in his relative position and then by virtue of him trying to do those things and be president in the hood he was at a place where he was giving out um giving out clothes to folks who recently been mm-hmm. let out of prison um and you know none of, nobody else had a firearm except one person who he had gotten into a disagreement about um with about whether or not he could come out there and this one person one person that uh you somehow allowed to be within your circle um took the life of this young man in such a heinous way um and and it happened on film And, and you you know i think we got our nature is to try to make some sense out of things, even the most horribly ridiculous, senseless things. And so you're like, well, it has to be some deeper reason besides yeah. besides hey. this one individual having, you know, these this one horribly um, uh, emotional reaction and then acting on it in such a horrific way that everybody will feel reverberations of his actions for generations to come. He's altered the fabric of the right. universe as it pertains to all of the people who are around him. 
and and, and it has has changed things in a way that that <clears throat> cannot mend it um at, at least uh in terms of as it pertains to his absence and so the stakes of who you choose to hmm. to be around you, especially as you try to soar to new heights, man, be careful about the weight that you carry with. Because some of these folks are dead weight, and dead weight in a way where if you even try to carry them to where it is that you're going, y'all both actually yeah. end up potentially physically yeah. dead. You see what I'm saying, man? So the stakes, mm-hmm. the stakes are high. So when I talk about defining yourself for yourself instead setting these crystal clear goals and trying to automate making sure that you're about your business is because when you are focused on those things and someone who is so askew as it relates to those things that they just don't belong, even though you're trying to help folks in the hood, you're going to be careful or right. more careful about who you allow in your circle and, and how, even when you're trying to do the nice things. And, and you can see that's arguably what he was trying to do is distance himself from right. a person who had, who had done too much in certain other types of ways. So I'm not saying everything saves you, but I, I am saying that it's important to recognize that the the threats to you and your your uh, what it is that you want to accomplish and your life in general aren't necessarily from folks that are just going to come as strangers um, who don't know you and somehow right. because of the fact that they don't know you wish you harm as as uh, as much as it could be from those people it can be from somebody who does know you intimately who does um, understand everything about you and because they understand everything about you and see deficiencies in themselves, hmm. they they wish you they wish you ill and try to do you harm. So I just you know recognize that you are are, are special in terms of the way that you treat yourself and and the way that you treat that one thing that God has given to you to be steward over and and, and be that great idea that's going to um, make your life and everybody else's lives better going forward that you do have to be judicious about who you choose to spend time with and allow in your circle because as uh as you said AJ it can it can and often is a matter of life and death. Yeah. That's that, a lot. That also that also speaks to the power of jealousy. Like you said, people wanna you know, they just can't fathom the idea of it being over something so simple as hate. And a lot of people may not have ever experienced the power of hate because, you know, I grew up down south. DJ grew up down south. Dr. Lovin, you grew up in Chicago, mm-hmm. and you can attest to the power of hate within that own city. And, you know, unless you've experienced it before, you don't understand the power and the lengths that people will go to let you know how much they hate you. And, yeah. you know, and all, and, you know, it's just like the commercials for the, for the, for the medicines. The side effects always be like headache mild, you know, vomiting, da, 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 and in very rare cases, death. And, you know, like you said, in very rare cases, death is the, you know, is the outcome of hatred and, you know, just disagreement and discourse to where, you know, if both parties are on, on, on the same accord, all it takes is for one to end the deal, and they can right. end the deal however they want to. Some people yeah. can simply walk away. Some people can't simply walk away. If both parties can't simply walk away, then the side effects kick in. 
because everybody yeah, ain't man. on the same accord and everybody ain't operating in the same, you know, the same, same realm. But no, you're right. <clears throat> you're, you're absolutely right, man. And what I would say is that as it relates to that, I mean, just from being a child, like you said, growing up in the rural South, even looking at this, it just feels different. It feels way different. Hate in this day and age is far different than I've ever known it growing up as a child. The fact that we hate ourselves more than anyone else hates us present day is amazing. It's amazing because you would think that for all the things that we have seen, especially growing up in the South, you would understand what it means to, you know, be discriminated against racism, et cetera, Jim Crow. But the fact of the matter is everywhere in this country has not experienced that. And I think that's one of the key aspects that we have to understand. So when we get this mentality elsewhere you know, folks from the South look at this and go, I can't believe this is still happening. But for many folks, the racism portion never existed, especially when you start talking about certain areas of the country. This is a pure hate crime. <laughs> like you boil it down. Well, well, I don't, I don't want to put it in the, and I don't want to throw it, put it in that sense of it never happened. It's just everybody experiences it at very different levels. Yeah. Like down south, we that's, can attest there. We can attest to being called niggas once or twice in your life. Okay. But you go okay. other places and they've not never they've never they've never heard, you know, a white the term, person, so to speak. The term, you know, so to speak. They've never right. encountered a white person saying the word nigga in their presence, let alone calling it to them to their face. Yeah. But growing up down south it you know for some it's a, uh, it's a it's a it's a quite i mean you know often occurrence i mean just 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 to give you some some uh some context you know we we i think we talked earlier in the podcast uh maybe in episode 1 or 2 about H&M or what have you but you know my neighbor growing up my my grandmother knocked on his front door and said you know i'm just knocking on your front front door here i'm trying to understand if you did or did not call my grandson a monkey. And that is what he referred to me as for about a year or so um, when I was about eight years old. I would be outside playing the yard, and, and he would uh, come outside and say, monkey, go in the house. And my grandmother, my grandmother didn't, she didn't take kindly to that. She, she did what she had to do. But those things, for me, they resonate with me because I saw people take a stand. Now, I can't account for folks who had a different experience, but there were things being said, and I saw everything happen. Like I said, I saw the good, the bad, and the ugly growing up um, in the early 90s or, or what have you in Selma, Alabama, but, man, when I think about today and I think about race relations and what things should be, we're not even close. It's not even fucking close. Like it's not close at all because 
we can't have an honest conversation about the things that actually go on and we're left sugarcoating things and it's a situation where you're hoping that someone who, you know, for all intents and purposes is not a, a black or brown person says the right thing so that the conversation can be had. You should be able to, you should be able to in, initiate the conversation and have the proper conversation. And if, you know, someone agrees, they agree. If they disagree, then you can move on. You can agree to disagree because they don't have to agree with you because their experience could be completely different. But I think the fact that in this day and age, we still feel like conversations can't be had because I honestly feel like race relations are probably no better than they were 15, 20 years ago across the country, specifically given the political environment. Like, we haven't advanced that much. That's a huge problem. And that alone spills back into the communities in which we live because as these things uh, are drawn out and they're not getting addressed, they just circle back into the community because people tend to use the law of proximity as their compass. I'm going to do shit to the people that are closest to me, and I'm going to act out against the people that are closest to me. That's the law of proximity. Wherever I live, I'm going to act out there, you know, that that type of thing. Most people are not saying, let me drive 45 miles to commit a crime. They're saying I'm going to commit a crime right where I live. And when they're upset, they're frustrated or what have you, that happens against the people that they live right next to. And they're just praying on their own. And that's what's happening. I like no, I ain't got to say nothing. No, no, no. <laughs> no, my bad. I, uh, I had myself on mute real quick. Uh, the princess is crying. So that, that is my, my cue to kind of wrap it up. But you, I like how you, you know, you you really alluded to the, the black on black crime myth and we'll call it a myth because yeah, like you said, man, things proximity. happen in proximity. Things happen proximity. in proximity. Like, like you said, you got to be duck milk crazy to be driving 45 miles to go commit a crime. Yeah, man. And that, yeah. and that, and that, you know, if, if you really hate, you know, you'll do it. But <laughs> right. convenience, because you're also going Trump, to jail. You're convenience also going to trumps jail. everything. Convenience trumps everything. Yes. You know, in all realms, convenience trumps. It could be convenient for people to, you know, to fake it till they make it. And yeah. when the opportunity comes, they're not prepared because they were faking it. You can take pictures, <laughs> literally. No, because I, I just I, I saw uh, a couple of weeks ago that there is there are companies now, these companies that own jets and jet owners, you know, of course they're renting out their yeah. jets for charter, but they're also renting out their jets for photo shoots and people paying three, $400 an hour to just sit and take pictures in a jet and the jet never leaves. The jet is not even crunk up. The jet has no pilot. It doesn't even have gas. It's just sitting there and they're, they're, they're perpetrating the image and, you know, and whatever the image may be, and now an opportunity comes because somebody's seen that image because they're creating a brand behind the image. Let's be let's be real. We talked about the power of image and branding. That's yeah. power. 
there's power that you're putting out these images saying that I have access to these things and I can do this, this, and this, and this is what I do, this is how I move, and now opportunities come to you because people have believed that image and believed right. that branding, right. and you're not prepared to deliver at all. Nor can you. Nor can, Nor can you. You're not right. prepared, and you're not even equipped. That's the, that's the next portion. Be, having the equipment and also being prepared. Because you can have the equipment and be caught off guard and not be prepared, and that's right. another thing. You can you you might be able to reschedule or something like that. But if you nah. don't have the equipment and you're not prepared, you shit in the water. Well, you in, you, you 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 up the creek like they say, and you ain't got no paddle and it's a hole a in the paddle. boat. And a, and it's a hole in the boat. Well, Arthur, let me let me let me say this. This 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 would be my my last thing, man. So. I have this um I have this thing that I printed out. It's at my desk. It's what I it's the first thing I look at every morning when I walk into my office. The name of it is it's called the entitle is a master. What is a master? A master in the art of living draws no sharp distinction between his or her works or his or her play his or her labor or his or her leisure his or her mind and body his or her education and his or her um, recreation he or she hardly knows which is which he or she simply pursues what he or she visions of excellence through whatever he or she is doing and leaves it to others to determine if he or she is actually playing or at work because to them it always seems to be the same. And that is what a master does. The art of working play becomes the same. And I would challenge all of our listeners to find a way to mesh their time, talents, and efforts, even from a career perspective with their passions. It's it's some standpoint. So that at some point they become a master in the art of living. So that their work and play are no longer separated, but take steps daily to connect those things that they're more closely associated and ultimately become one. Thank you for the time tonight, man. I really appreciate it. Most definitely. Dr. Loving, any closing remarks? Man, I mean, I think uh I think uh we've we've said it all this evening, man. Just I, I hope that folks take heed take heed and just uh keep moving forward. Most definitely, as usual, I thank you gentlemen for embarking on this journey. Uh, I'm in no situation or place to give a final toast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because I have deemed that I've had enough. I need, <laughs> I need the dexterity and ambidextrous yeah. of uh, being able to change the diaper real quick. So, uh, Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Thank you, gentlemen. As usual, thank you, listeners. And like Dr. Levin said, um, we challenge all of you all to share, to share, to share us, to share this. Um, define yourselves and make sure you, you know, you really know who you got in your power circles and your strategic partnerships because, you know, be intentional with it. 
And uh, we do have a challenge out there. Follow us on our social media uh, at Dr. Ajamu Loving, uh, at 248MMBB, and at Empower Engage Execute. Uh, and on our web presence and our web domains, AjamuLoving.com, DestrianWellsConsulting.com, MMBBGW.com, and follow the Brethren Podcast on Instagram at Brethren Pod. That's B R E A D R E N P O D. Um, and we thank you all. And as usual, we love you. Good night. Good night.